good. So we are looking through the family values of family church. And we're looking at family value number eight. And family value number eight is we are simply, we are family. And I love the fact that we are family for many different reasons. Because I, I, we have a large family. Um, I think my mum worked out this last week that there are 35 wood or woods in, in gospel. 35 of us, of, of our immediate family. And do you know what? The one thing that I wanted to do when we started Family Church is to create an atmosphere within the congregation where we could feel like family, that we would care like family, we would walk with each other like a family, that we would have all age groups, we would have all backgrounds, we would have all kinds of people who we could then relate to as family. You know, when I think we've got Brazilian and Italian, we've got Polish, we've got African, we've got Caribbean, we've got Scottish, Scottish. Um, yeah, we've got, we got them all. I, if I miss someone now, we have the English, the English are here. Um, we, we have every type and, and, and nation and background. And, and I love that about who we are, that we are multicultural, multinational, but actually we can be within a building and we're still family. We still love one another as if we really care. And I think that's so important in our journey that we show how much we care for one another. So family church value number eight is we are family, which means we are celebrating our diversity in culture, age, and being committed to developing healthy relationships moving forward. Our desire is that we grow old, this is my desire anyway, that we grow old together. I don't want to just grow old with my wife. I want to, just, I want to grow old as a family. That when, when I look back and I see that there are young people who are in the church who are now middle-aged, and they're doing this journey with us. You know, Annabelle, I, 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 I look forward to the moment, you know, when I'm in my 70s and I look back and you're in your 30s, and I'm thinking, I remember Annabelle when she was so young in the church. I, I, I want to be there, Darren, when you're in your 80s, and I think Darren's been with us since he was in his early 30s. You are now in your 50s. 60s. I'm full of compliments this morning. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I, I don't want to go. I don't, uh, I'm not going to go from church to church because I'm the pastor of the church. But I, I wouldn't want to go from church to church. I want to grow old with you all. I want to have a relationship with Ken so that when, we're in our, when we were in our 60s together... I think you're 10 years younger than me or so, but you know, when we're growing old, we're go doing this journey. Harry and Lynn, you've been on this journey for, what are you eating? <laughs> All I can see is like a, like a hamster. <laughs> How long have you been doing this journey with us? 16 years. That's a lifetime. It feels like it anyway. <laughs> It's about doing life, having fun. I tell you what, I could say, if I said that to some people, they would have been so offended. Saying that to Harry and Lynn, I know them so well that they wouldn't be offended. So we as a church want to do life. We want to have fun. 
We want to be able to do a quiz night. We want to be able to do an outreach event. We want to be able to support our caring. But actually, I want to do life with you, not just be church meetings with you. I want to do life with us as a journey. Within most families, including the church families, there are values. What we would class as being something that we believe is important and family value, us being a family together, is something that I class highly on my list. But also, I know the Apostle Paul did, and I know throughout the Bible in the New Testament, family is spoken of over and over again. It wasn't just church. It was spoken of as being family. And I believe that's really important. And Paul, when he was writing to... Who is he writing to? Timothy. He was at the church of Ephesus. And Paul is speaking. He's writing to him. And he's speaking some things to him. And he was saying, look, you need to hear how you, how you do church. How, how the values, the content of what should be in church. And we're going to read in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. And it says this. <coughs> but if I'm delayed... I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God. How you should conduct yourself or what values are most important in the house of God. Which is the church. The house of God, that is the church. It is the ecclesia. In the, in the, in the Greek, it's the word ecclesia. Ecclesia means the gathering. Or the assembly it is the wider group coming together. We do connect groups, our small groups, where we meet from house to house. And we believe they are so, so important to the strength of the church. But here it's talking about, and Paul is saying, this is how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. The church is the, uh, the, church is the place of the living God. The pillar... And the ground of truth. What is, what is the pillar? It is the church. And the ground of truth? It is the church. It is the ecclesia. It is where we gather together. It is the coming together. It is not the separating off. It is not the dispersing of one another. It is the strength of who we are when we come together. Let me read it to you as it is. But if I'm delayed, I write, I so, I, I write so that you may know how you how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The church is so important to the house of God. It's so important to who God is. It is so important. Jesus put it this way. He's the groom and we are the bride. He looks at us, the bride of Christ, as the church. He looks at us with beauty. He looks at us as something that he so desires to be with. So when we come to church on a Sunday, guess who the, the, the bridegroom wants to be with his bride? He wants to be amongst us. So the church is the household of God. When you come to church, when you come to the building, you are being the church. See, church isn't the building. There, there, are, there are some beautiful buildings in this town, and they would say it's the church. No, no, the church is the people. 
We are housed in a building. That's why we can do church here. We can do church in the open. We can do church up the road. The church, the building, doesn't make a church. You can have a dead church with dead people in it who aren't alive to God. But I'll tell you what, we are the church of the living God. And it's so important that we recognize the importance of being together. Anybody who walks through our door, I want them to know that we are the household of God. We may not be their flavor. We may not be, if you like, if you put it in the terms that Pastor Andy would have done many years ago, we may not be their flavored ice cream. You know, they may, they may like plain vanilla ice cream. That's fine. If, that, if you're a plain vanilla person, or you may be toffee caramel with sprinkles on the top. That may be who you are. That may be who we are. But the bottom line is we're still ice cream. The, f- the bottom line is we, are ice- we may have different flavors. The church up the road is a different flavor. The church across the way is a different flavor. Our f- I love our flavor. I love who we are. I love what we do. Um, and, and I think it's really important that we find our flavor. And someone may come in and join us and say, oh, I love the flavor of who you are. That's great. Someone else may come in and say, nah, don't think you're quite my flavor. That's fine as well. There may be another church that's around the corner that would be your flavor. But the bottom line is we are church. And when people come in, they should know that we are the family of God. They should hear something that rings true. There should be something about the spiritual DNA of who we are that they can identify. You may not have it all together. It may not be flowing perfectly, but actually you have a heart for God. You have a a desire for, for the spirit of God to move amongst us. When I look in this room, I see all sorts of variations of people in their journey. I see people who are going through tough times and and you're pushing into God and you're believing for God for breakthroughs in certain areas. For others, I see a joy that's beyond limits because you've seen breakthroughs in the journey of your life. I, I see all sorts of people in the journey of our life and that's, again, what makes us who we are. When we rejoice, we can rejoice together. When one weeps, we can weep, weep alongside them. That's what family is all about. But it also incorporates, I'd love to know how many nationalities are in here today. I'd love to know. Just say there happens to be 15. Just say. That includes our Welsh and our Scottish. Have we got any Irish? Quarter Irish. Okay, we'll take, we'll take a... Stacy, yes, yeah, Stacy's in there, okay. But we've got cultures and personalities. There's some people that just like to chill out. There's some that are go-getters in life. We've got all sorts in the room. But do you know what heaven, what heaven is going to look like? Heaven is going to be so filled with different types of people. Heaven is going to be filled with every variation. And I believe that we should be experiencing heaven on earth. There's something really powerful about this in in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. And it says, After these things I looked and I beheld a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes 
and with palm branches in their hands. I don't believe that this is a representation only of what heaven is. I believe it's a representation of church on earth. Where every tribe and every tongue and every nation, where young and old are mixing together. This is, a, is us preparing for heaven. This is us, what we do life on earth, loving one another even though we may get frustrated. You know, when we're doing a task and someone then takes over that task and starts doing it in a different way and you think, that's not the way I wanted it done. But grace enabled us to live with our differences. It's so important that we don't get upset and... (laughs) Play up Pompey, eh? It had to be Phil... How do I turn it off? (laughs) I love it. As I was saying, let's not all get frustrated with each other when things don't go right. (laughs) Because we are family. Now that may have upset the Southampton supporters in the room. (laughs) But you've got to love one another. <laughs> Do you know, it's, it's so important. You know, in the journey of my life, and I've been doing church for many, many years now. And over the years, I've, I've heard people say, church is so unfriendly. Do you know what? I don't sense that in this room. There is a friendliness and a, and a desire to, to bring that friendliness here. But there are people who would say, Church is so unfriendly. Or church has got so many cliques or cliques or whatever you want to call it. Is it French? Clique. Not a a creek. But there are so many cliques. I feel lonely even in a crowd crowd of people. And do you know what? I believe that is true. There are times when we can feel lonely. There are times when we feel like we can't push into a group. There are times when we... We, when it just doesn't feel right, doesn't sit right. But I've got some things that will help you. First one is this, get involved and help. Do you know what? The best way to suddenly feel included and part is to get involved and to help. You suddenly think, oh, I'm a part of a group, I'm part of a team, I'm part of a a number of people now who are talking to me, whereas before you may have felt on your own and limited. Join a connect group or lead one. That went quiet. Join a connect group or lead one. I would love to see connect groups right across our town, not just having four or five where a few people go, but actually having 15 or 16 where everybody goes. That is my desire. And at the beginning of next year, 2023, we're going to have a a bit of a a campaign to see as many connect groups open up as we can where we can see everybody in a connect group. Because I tell you, there is so much strength when we're part of of a small group where we're rubbing shoulders together. And the other one is to serve. And I'm going to speak more on that next week. I'm not going to push into that one now. But, you know, we can put on events. We can put on events like the worship night. 
We can put on events like the prayer evenings or um, the, 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 connect, um, the connect groups or Caring Hands where we're doing outreach work. We can put on things or we can put on the quiz night or the, uh, what's the other one we did? The movie night. We can put on those things, but unless you come to it, you'll still never feel a part of what we're doing. Like I say, I would love to see you in a connect group. And when you're in that connect group and you grow and you mature together and you know each other and you share life with them, you begin to feel a part of a bigger part of the church. Joining a team will cause you to have a sense of belonging. It really does. I love the fact that you know that people have just joined in with hospitality when, when Tim and Caroline were struggling with some health issues. And I, I love the fact that people just said, I, I can get involved and I can help. I, I guess the mentality of the house should be when an area is struggling, I'll roll up my sleeves and I can help wherever it will be. Even if it's not what I'm called to do, I can still help wherever that will be. Walking alongside each other, doing life together. This is my personal persuasion, and I believe it's the Bible's. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And Paul is speaking, and, and, he's, and he's just sharing with the church at Corinth. And he says, I will be a father to you. This is God speaking. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty. This is what family is. God is our father. And he's saying, you are my sons and my daughters. I guess sometimes as church, we can go along and we just do church. We just do the business of God is our father. And as our father, he says, I withhold no good thing from you. There is nothing that I will withhold from you. Why? Because we are his children. He's the one who says this. Not me, not Paul. He's the one who said this. I will be a father to you. Now your experience of a father may have been a really bad one. But here, God is saying, I will be a father to you. And I will welcome you into my heart and into my life as my children. I think it's so important that we recognize that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And just like any natural family, each person in God's family is important. You are important to this journey. You are important in what you do and and in who you are. See, I've written this down. Where your presence is desired. Every single week, I, I so when I see the, the church fall, which we're not today, but when I see the church fall, that is what I so desire, that we encounter God together. But where your absence is felt, when you're not here, there's a part that's missing. You are missing. That's why I believe it's so important that we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves, as it says in Hebrews, as is the manner of some, especially... As the day of his return approaches. He's saying, look, even as, the, as my return comes closer, be careful not to, not to be missing in God's house. It's so, so important. In Ephesians 2.19, it says this, So now you Gentiles 
are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with, along with, no, yeah, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. That's, that's God speaking very clearly to our life. We are God's family. When we're dealing with one another, let's treat each other with dignity and with respect, with love and with honor, with integrity. All these things, if we're God's family, we need to be living that way with each other. I could have written down numerous other passages of scripture, but hopefully you've got the point. We're the family of God. We're the household of faith. We are the body of Christ. And in 1 Corinthians, this is where it speaks about this so, so clearly. And Claire, if you can pass out. I'd like each person to take one piece of puzzle, please. We just pass it along, pass it along, pass it along. And if each person can take a piece, that would be wonderful. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members that are, sorry, but all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, they were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not the body. It is therefore not the body. If the ear should say, I'm not an eye, I am not of the body. It is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? And if the whole hearing, uh, where would the smelling? But now God has uh, set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member... Where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. It sounds like a bit, bit sort of confusing, but stay with me. And the eye cannot say to the hand, if I, ha- I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those, body, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think are less honourable on these will be bestowed a greater honour. And our, and, and our unpresent, unpresentable parts have greater modesty, and our, um, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed our body, having greater honour to that part which it lacks, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. To surmise that complicated passage of scripture basically is identifying the human body and saying what an incredible picture the human body is of the whole of what we are as a church. You can't say to, the, to the, the leg, I don't need you. We do. We can't say to the hand, well, I think I'll do without. No, we need 
the hand. And actually, we need you leading your part, doing your thing in the body of Christ. It is so important that we realize and see our value. Oh yeah, we may only be the fingernail. But I tell you what, you get a, you get a thorn stuck down the back of your th- fingernail and you know it. We are all needed in this body. Keep it going, keep it going. Who, who, who's not had a piece of puzzle? God, this is the slowest pass around the puzzle I've ever... If this was past the parcel, we would have been round about three times, I'm sure. One piece, pass it on. That's quick as you can. Has everyone got it in this side? No! Wow. Quick, quick. <coughs> Let me have a drink while we're passing around. So the body of Christ is made up with many members. We may not all be the preacher. We may not all be the sound technician. That sounds really complex. The sound technician just sits there and pulls faces at me most of the time. So if anybody wants to join the sound technician, feel free to do so. And you, you, they would, they would uh, be very happy to be able to come off of the back of the, um, back of the room and be a part the only person that I don't want doing the sound technician is Phil. Because <laughs> we will have play up Pompey played all day. But you may not be the preacher. You may not be the sound team. But you could be hospitality. You could be, you could be whatever in, in church life. If you've not got a role, that's not because we're not providing it. It's because you've not taken hold of it yet. Because we want you involved somewhere. Look at your piece of puzzle. Look at your individual part. Mm. Pretend. If you've not got one right now, pretend. A puzzle will never be complete until all the pieces are correctly positioned. True? They need to be correctly positioned. Now, my mum does puzzles, and she's often saying to me, come and have a look at my puzzle that I've done. That's like, yeah, that, looks, that doesn't look like it's correctly positioned. <laughs> but I, I don't say that to her, because she does a great job. But sometimes when a person is the wrong way up, and her eyes are looking at it, I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. But this is the thought. A puzzle will never be complete until all the pieces are positioned correctly. Each of us are a piece of the puzzle. Each of us are a piece of that puzzle. Each of us adds to the pieces around us, and more importantly, to the whole. So look at your piece of puzzle. Keep it before you. Take a look at that piece of puzzle. To you right now, that piece of puzzle makes no sense. You have no clue what this picture is going to look like. For you, your piece, you don't... See, that's how it is in the body of Christ. At times, we don't really know where we fit or how we should fit or what role we should have or, or how we can give of our gifts and our talents, our abilities. And sometimes we're like that piece of puzzle and we think, I don't know where I fit. But if you've made Family Church your home... 
then you fit. But what you need to do is begin to join your piece to the pieces around you so that the picture of who we are begins to become more clearly. Lyndon. No. Kerwin. No, don't put it up yet. Have a look at your piece again. Carmen, what do you think the picture is? Yeah, you think it may have some trees. Okay. Ola, Ola, what do you reckon? You don't have a clue. Thank you. Dave, what have you got? Dave, any idea? You haven't got a clue. See, this is so interesting. Some guy, what do you reckon? A Christmas tree. We are heading into that time of year. See, the good thing is, everybody is looking at their piece of puzzle and it doesn't make sense. I'm so pleased that the analogy is working. You got a matching pair. Have you really? Fantastic. Okay, Maria, what, what as a matching pair do you think it could be? You got more chance than anybody else in the room. A tree. Okay. Okay, Kerwin, let's have a look at the picture. So we have a church. I thought, well, let's get a puzzle with the church. Make it a bit of a spiritual one. So, now you know, well, looking at your piece, you may be thinking, where does that fit in that puzzle? The bottom of the line is, you, your piece fits in that puzzle. If we, if we make the puzzle the church, and you're a piece, then you fit. You fit somewhere within this puzzle. But you may not find, or you may not have found right now, where your piece fits. But it does. If you've ever done a puzzle, you start off in this, it's just everywhere and then you start pulling out the edges and you work around the edges you get your corners and all the rest of it and then you start building on the 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 parts that you think ah that's got to be the pond that's got to be her blue dress you start working on collective areas but you know what right now represented in this room is the whole of this puzzle okay i know i've got a few more in the bag but nay's got the rest of the bag okay So we represent this picture, a complete church. But you know what? When people are added, our picture gets bigger and bigger and bigger. This is complete for where we are right now. But when God looks at this picture, he doesn't see us for where we are right now. He sees us when over here there's a tractor coming in, He sees over here that there's some children playing and he sees over here that there's something else happening and the other pieces of the puzzle that are yet to be added to who we are. We see our piece. When you are connected with others, you begin to feel a part of the whole. When you feel more a part of the whole... There's a, a collective journey that you feel that you're on. And it becomes not your church. It becomes our church. 
And then what happens is God keeps adding to the picture. And I think it's a beautiful analogy that we all can take away. This is about us presenting ourselves to bring wholeness to this picture. And I, I, let me say this before I say what I'm going to say next. I understand that we need to work. And I understand that we need to go on holiday. And I understand the journey that some people can't be here every week. I understand that. But you know, each week when a third of the church is here, or two-thirds of the church are here, then two-thirds of the picture is operating. Or two-thirds of the body, as, G, as the Bible talks about it, Paul talks about it, two-thirds of the body are operating in an effective way. No wonder there was this collective, let's be the body of Christ. Let's, I don't believe Paul just took out an analogy and said, okay, let's, be, let's use the analogy of the church being a body. He used it because he was, he was led by the Holy Spirit to use that as an analogy. Because for you to pluck out an eye and say, I'm not needed there on a Sunday, or for you to lose a hand and say, I'm not needed, he was, he was using this saying, you are all needed. We are collectively all needed. And if we're going to be strong, we're stronger together. Amen.